Hey everyone, today we talk about Kotlin, the programming language. We cover why you should use it and how it can help you as an engineer even write better code. I had two guests on, which are the only certified Kotlin trainers here in Holland, Pauline van Alst, software engineer at OpenValue, and Urs Peter, my direct colleague, and you might remember him from episode one. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Enjoy! Welcome to Beyond Coding, a dive into the world of successful people in IT. From your sponsors, Zebia, creating digital leaders. Here's your host, Patrick Akil. Hey guys, how's it going? Urs, Pauline, welcome. How's it going, Pauline? I'm fine. I'm very excited to uh, be a guest at this podcast. It's the first time for me. So. Awesome. Happy to have you. <laughs> and Urs, returning guest. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Our setup is a bit different from uh, from episode one, so uh, you yeah, made quite some progress. So it's exactly it's <laughs> impressive <laughs> to see what happened in the meantime. So, uh, but definitely, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> cool man, happy to have you both. Uh, so, I invited you on to talk about Kotlin as kind of a new programming language, new kid on the block. Even though it's uh, years old, <laughs> uh, programming languages move like snails, so it's it's fairly new still. Um, but first of all, Pauline, I will start with you. Why are you passionate about Kotlin as a programming language? Well, um, I really like the fact that it takes away some boilerplate code that you're used to when you're programming in Java or uh, C Sharp, for instance. Yeah. Um, so somehow I really like to express myself uh, using all those language features that Kotlin has, such as a data class or uh, extension methods, for instance, where you can finally define behavior on collection level, for instance, Yeah. Uh, which I find really elegant, although yeah, we can discuss some powerful uh, thingies there, but I really like that language feature. Um, I also really like the, the, the community vibe that surrounds Kotlin, uh, where uh, the community gives really some input to, to how Kotlin can evolve, and as Kotlin is evolving and releasing very often, um, yeah, the community is heard, so I, I really like that as well. And the ecosystem is growing now uh, at the Kotlin side as well. Yeah. Um, so it has less of an industry vibe that Java has, which is a slow vibe mm. somehow, which is completely understandable. Yeah. But somehow, uh, yeah, that what gets me attracted to Kotlin. Yeah. Really, just the vibe and the way they're handling it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a bit more modern, I could say. Mm. Uh, compared to Java, and you feel really the innovation takes place there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Urs, yeah. what about you? Yeah, um, actually, I think many people that move to Kotlin, so when you look at the statistics, they've done Java. Yeah. I've also done Java, Java but uh, then I did Scala, mm. which was a bit the other end of Java, way overly complex, even so very elegant kind of prose and code. And uh, so technology, I tried to apply at different assignments, but it was or Java, which is old fashioned, or Scala, which is way over the top. Yeah. And then I tried out Kotlin and literally within uh, four hours, I absorbed it and I was enthusiastic about this language because it had really the best of both worlds. It's very pragmatic. It really thinks for the developer. It's also made for developers, yeah. not very academic or as you nicely mentioned it, the industry kind of language, mm -hmm. a lot of um, proposals to change things. It's really coming from people using it or at least their input is heard. 
um, which allows you not only to express yourself way better, but also write software that is considerably uh, more robust, less bugs, more concise, more readable, more maintainable, and so on. Yeah. And to such a degree that it really makes a tremendous difference. Sometimes you might think, okay, programming language, does it make a difference? It depends. I mean, with every language, you can write great software depending on the engineer, right? But yeah. with Kotlin, you get so much more benefits um, right away with quite a low hurdle to to learn it that for me, this was such an eye-opener that I, I just uh, fell in love with it. And since then, actually, I'm only coding in Kotlin. <laughs> <laughs> low at first sight, basically. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah you said you, you kind of picked it up within a few hours even, uh, just kind of exploring it. Do you think that's kind of representable for most people with kind of your background, so coming from Java development uh, and also having a little bit of, of experience in a different language? Um, I, To be honest, I don't think so, mm. especially when you have a strong background in Scala. Scotland is more a bit of a subset, but yeah. when you have a strong background in Java, Kotlin introduces concepts that are not that familiar within the Java domain. Mm. Definitely yeah. functional programming uh, practices, which are first class in Kotlin, are not that's um, present in Java. Yeah. Also, for instance, working with immutable data structures, which are also kind of default in, in Kotlin, are not really present there. No. So from Java going to Kotlin, it's really a, a steeper learning curve, yeah. but it's definitely one you can way easier do than the curve from Java to Scala. I think yeah. that's kind of uh, <laughs> broadly accepted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that gap you have to cross is a little bit less big yes. if you're starting out with uh, with Java. Yes, I've seen or I've heard. I'm not very very much an expert in that case, uh, but that the features that Kotlin introduced are now also being used or introduced in uh, in Java as well. Yeah. If we kind of throw up the term Java versus Kotlin, why would you use Kotlin over kind of Java in that way? What do you think? Yeah, I think I think Kotlin is kicking Java's butt, right? Oh, really? Because there are some language features that Java <laughs> didn't want to introduce, or at least people uh, in the lead of maintaining Java, but um, being s those language features being so popular in Kotlin are being they are being introduced in Java but sometimes entirely introduced sometimes there's some midway implementation such as the var keyword yeah uh, Kotlin knows the var keyword for uh, mutable uh, variables where uh, there is also the val keyword for immutability the val keyword doesn't exist in Java mm. um, why to come back at your question, why we choose Kotlin over Java? There are plenty of reasons. Um, mm. We chose to use uh, Kotlin in a in a project because uh, we didn't want to use Lombok. It's another dependency. Uh, we wanted to have data classes. We wanted to challenge us to use immutable types. Mm. We want to get rid of rid, get rid of nullable types, and um, <laughs> we um, were working on this Java eight project. Where we were really happy with all those uh, stream uh, with the streaming APIs, yeah. where we had those collections converted to a stream, uh, <laughs> doing a filter, a MapReduce, and then maybe do something else. So those long chains of collection manipulations, and there were a lot of bugs on those part of the business logic. Yeah. So we started to refactor that to uh, using extension functions mm. to describe it in a readable way, and then we uh, proposed that that chain of readable methods to the product owner, he said, no, this should be the other way around, you know? Yeah. So to be able to share a code with a product owner, that was a very big improvement that Kotlin gave to the project. So yeah. If you're working on a project where you you find yourself in those kind of uh, 
situation situation where you want to involve your product owner because Kotlin can be a nice improvement, but it's not the holy grail, right? Yeah. So Kotlin, won't, if you have a messy code base, Kotlin won't clean it up for you. So you need to understand those idioms of Kotlin to introduce them to to your Java project. Mm. Um, for me, that was a big eye opener. Yeah. Uh, on other projects, we need to use coroutines. There's no such an equivalent yet in Java. Yeah. Um, if you're using Spring, which is a common framework in the Java world, uh, Spring is also using co co is implementing coroutines as well. Um, so if you want to have reactive applications, then uh, Kotlin together with Spring uh, with Flux can be a very good argument to use Kotlin as well and to, to leave Java aside, actually. So there are very many reasons to go uh, over to Kotlin. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you already have it, like if you already have a Java product mm -hmm. uh, or project even, yeah. uh, how fast can you start with a small experiment to kind of learn from? Because you said we already had something yeah. and then you introduced it in kind of a yeah. small matter yeah, uh, and we, you gained a lot of benefit from it. Yeah, we did it in several steps. We actually refactored first our API classes, our data yeah. plain Java objects, to uh, Kotlin data classes. Okay. So that was the first step. Yeah. where we just reduce all those classes with getters and setters and implementations of equal methods to simple Kotlin data classes. That was the first win. Yeah. And I guess you got about 80% code reduction, or as I call it... Maybe 90%. Clarity, 80% yeah, more clarity in, in, exactly. in your domain. Yeah, in our domain. Yes. And um, yeah, the, 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 div, the, div, the git divs that we showed to our product owner because we had to convince him to get some time to get over to Kotlin. Yeah. He was, wow. You only need to write that piece of code <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to exactly. do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the first win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think within software projects, right, there's actual complexity, like mm -hmm. business logic, mm -hmm. uh, and weight of code is also a means to kind of introduce complexity, right? Yeah. If you need to read a lot of code to get through what it's actually doing, that is inherent complexity. Exactly. Yeah. And the more the code you write, the more bugs can occur you know they're also exactly. work sometimes on setters or even on getters so if you can abstract it away and make sure that it's uh, yeah nobody can introduce some some errors <laughs> there <laughs> exactly it's pretty good. it keeps yeah. it lean and mean basically yeah, exactly yeah mm. cool yeah. Urs, what are your thoughts on kind of the the java versus kotlin yeah um fully agree with what you said i even would take it a bit further there's actually uh, there are only reasons against java nowadays mm. because kotlin made did such a balance act of what you what really makes uh, what you really need in your code base yeah. that you actually only gain benefits when you move over to Kotlin compared okay. to Java. There's really no, not a single feature that you think, okay, if I had it in Java, then life would be uh, such or such. And so there, there are of course two reasons. Uh, one one reason is uh, developer reasons, yeah. which of course like to write concise code, want to have cool features yeah. that allow them, for instance, working with immutable structures, uh, nullability, have extendable ways of, uh, of extending your domain with extension methods, and so on and so on. And then you also have uh, the business part of it, right? The product owner also needs to yeah. kind of understand what what kind of investment he does to uh, get. The, to get the move to um, to Kotlin justified, yeah. and what you see there is that um, across many projects, you get about forty percent 
of code reduction. Mm -hmm. And personally, I don't like the word code reduction because you can write these one-liners, nobody <laughs> understands, and you also have code reduction. <laughs> but it's actually more about code clarity. So what you just mm -hmm. mentioned with the domain, for instance, yeah. it captures simply the essence of what is relevant. And the rest is just boilerplated, blurs what you're actually trying to represent in your software. Yeah. So by getting rid of this, you get clear, clearer uh, code, and clear code is better to maintain. Um, also contains, of course, less bugs because, for instance, if you get to implement an equals method, then exactly. your code might just behave on this certain uh, particular part a bit different. Whereas, for instance, in Kotlin, you have this data class that's generating for you and so on. Yeah. So this 40% is a big issue. Um, reduction in increasing clarity. And the other one is actually that you write way more robust software with yeah, the still quite simple addition of this nullability, which also across a project we've seen, you've got about 25% less bugs, simply because you have a language contract. So you don't have a better developer. Mm which just knows how to program better. No, you just have a language construct that makes a distinction very clear what is nullable, what not. You give him, give him some tools to deal with null, nullable values, yeah. nice APIs and so on, and you get 25% less bugs. And that's, I think, is a very strong business case from the business side. And then I haven't really talked about developer satisfaction, yeah. but I think these two numbers should really be a very a, a strong indication that you should take Kotlin very serious and, and, and try it out and, uh, and help to, uh, yeah, evaluated whether this can also for you make the difference. Yeah. yeah. The, the big it, side note there would be that people understand the ide idioms of Kotlin. Deal with nullability in Kotlin is something you're not used to, to deal with with Java. And I've mm. seen also terrible Kotlin code examples because people don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting yeah. subject in terms of yeah. training people, get them yeah. on board. We, exactly. we should discuss that, but I fully agree with you because yeah. if you let people do write Java is code in Kotlin, the mess can maybe not get worse, but definitely not better or maybe even worse because you have to rewrite it anyway. It, it gets worse because yeah. you're, you're writing Java equivalent code in Kotlin, which is just, yeah, you're crossing two worlds that shouldn't be crossed. Yeah. You can copy Java code in IntelliJ in your editor and then paste it in a Kotlin file and then IntelliJ will do the work for you, but okay. it won't do the work for you. No, definitely it, not. Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> but it makes a beginning, right? But it makes not a the beginning, work. and yeah. then you can refactor it. But if you omit the refactor part, then you end up with a code base that's even bigger mess. So yeah, that's right. So it's very that. important mm. that you understand what's what are the ideas behind Kotlin. What yeah. does Kotlin want you to do? If you understand that, then it gets very elegant. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I really like that the tool kind of leverages what it knows about kind of past experience of, of even developers experience, right? Yeah. Uh, and introduces concepts to help developers by default, mm -hmm. right? That immutability mm -hmm. is already something that is helping just inherently by being there, basically. Yeah. You have to use it, yes. Uh, but when you use it, your code bugs uh, are, are reduced mm -hmm. by means of it, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's start with a scenario that you already laid out in. You have a Java project. What's kind of the right way of, of taking that step and introducing Kotlin also the right way? So to make sure you're not just doing your Java developing <laughs> in a Kotlin style or jacket. Well, doing small steps. Mm. Um, I would say that the team should challenge itself to introduce a language feature per language feature so that yeah. you get used to the language feature, right? So data classes are one example. It's maybe very small, but each learning curve doesn't need to take three months, right? But yeah. just try to understand that language feature. Um, we also then did extension functions, but only extension functions. And then we were like, oh, this can also be too powerful. So just um, as a team, agree on when to use it and when not to use it. So yeah. we did it um, language feature per language feature. Then we introduced the DSL 
for testing, very powerful. Not everyone understood it. Okay, let's just uh, try to understand it all together. Um, and just go language feature per language feature. So you can in understand the idioms yeah. uh, that you need to get used to when you're coming from the Java world. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Step by step, like you would any other kind of experiment in that way. Yeah, exactly. Like any other experiment that we do all the time as, an, as a Scrum or IT team. And try to learn from it and reset the rules on your code style, on your reviews, on whatever you need to set rules on. Because yeah. those will be different than with Java. Yeah. yeah. Was there any extra thoughts or any additions you want to make there? Uh, it's it's a very interesting question. I think there is not one answer, right? No. It, it, it depends. So I've just also looked up the figures. Mm. For instance, 30% um, of the projects, uh, existing projects, our projects, Kotlin introduced. Whereas yeah. Kotlin is most used for new projects. Because yeah, yeah. when you have new projects, your your journey will be different than when you have existing projects introducing it. And I think a step-by-step -step approach is valuable there. What I have seen and I see actually more often with clients, because I'm a trainer, I look like that, so maybe I'm biased, but yeah. I still think it, it is certain truth for a large uh, population, is that it really helps when you have at least one knowledgeable person on the team who really knows these defaults, who knows how to, to apply them uh, in the right way. And second, it really also helps to educate your developers in the sense that you give them uh, with a course or some training on the job, mm -hmm. at least the basics, yeah. just to explain a bit more about the paradigms behind it, not mm -hmm. just why there's this keyword, but what it actually helps you to do and give them some justification, show them what happens if you don't do it and so on. So, I think with about, that's my experience, about two days training mm. and someone on the team who understands the code base going step by step, I think then you have the largest, uh, uh, yeah, largest chance to, do make, uh, yeah. to make it a success quite easily. And if you don't, then it depends a bit on how, yeah. how uh, developers grasp the concept and kind of intuitively apply it. If they do it completely wrong, for instance, we had this, this uh, code base where they said, okay, um, uh, let's try to get Lombok into Kotlin. This is what they try to uh, to achieve. And of course, that's unnecessary because Kotlin has all these Lombok features in the language itself. So you don't need Lombok. Yeah. And so they spent quite some effort to put Lombok, Lombok into, into Kotlin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think uh, Pauline is having yeah, just a microphone issue. issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I think Martijn is, uh, Martijn <laughs> is helping out in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it happens. <laughs> Let's see. So from my perspective, I, I might even be able to guess the answer already. If you have a Java project, should you already start making those steps into rewriting stuff to Kotlin? Or why should you do it? Or why should you not do it, basically? Is there anything against doing it? If your team doesn't want it, and that's, mm. that's always uh, a reason not to do it, or yeah. at least not start doing it, Yeah, uh, trying to convince them. Um, yeah, if I think about it... I, I won't see any any reasons, or maybe if you're using a Java framework that's not Spring, or maybe something else that's not really not dealing dealing well with Kotlin. Yeah. Um, but also with that, I can't really think of a framework. Exactly. I just so want to ask which framework because I can't <laughs> generally. So maybe internal <laughs> frameworks, you know, because big companies tend to to invent a lot of stuff themselves. Yeah. Okay. But, that's right. Um, yeah. If I'm looking at the industry, a lot of Java frameworks are either um, are even adopting Kotlin. So I won't really see any reasons not to do it. Yeah. So only if the team doesn't understand it or doesn't want to understand it, that it's the only 
reason I can see. Yeah, yeah. I've I've uh, done also a bit research, and of course, with my personal experience, we also had this case where mm. we had some legacy code bases, and yeah. there the question was, do you want to do it or not? And the point there is, it's uh, mo mostly an investment question. So, does the PO want to invest just in Kotlin? And that's kind of really a hard sell. That's what my experience is. Yeah. And it really helps maybe if you just have this major refactoring of this new feature that is introduced where you also rewrite parts of code base in Kotlin. I think this could help. Yeah. But just a rewrite for the rewrite no. is is kind of hard to, uh, hard to achieve. Yeah, yeah, hard to justify as well, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Because the only thing you're probably going to need is time to experiment a bit. Exactly. Uh, and, and introduce concepts in your code base yeah. uh, and see if you can learn from it and mm. even benefit from it, right? That's the only way uh, and the only reason you're doing this in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but because you take those small steps, I think that's also something you can pick up incrementally uh, with the other work that you are already picking up. Exactly. Yeah. And what's also, I think, very beneficial nowadays because of microservice architectures, these yeah. code bases tend not to be huge monoliths, but yeah rather small pieces exactly. of chunk. So to experiment with it or to rewrite a microservice, I think is an ideal case just to get uh, started with it. I don't exactly. know what your experiences are in no, that regard. Can can just exactly just refactor one microservice. It won't be that hard. Yeah. Um, I usually introduce it by implementing a new microservice. So you, when you're starting from scratch, um, but especially if you're confident in your microservice, if, if test, test coverage is pretty high, yeah. why not? Yeah. Because it's pretty well tested, yeah. and will only improve it. Yeah. Why not? Mm. Yeah, and if you go from kind of a balance in in code base where you still have Java code and, and Kotlin code, what happens to the developers that are used to the Kotlin code and all of a sudden have to go back to Java? What are some <laughs> of the signals you get there? <laughs> they forget the terminal operator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah so the, and and. You hear a lot of frustration. Exactly. Really? I, I, it's, yeah. it's quite interesting because I had many times in my teams, not only once, but r I, I call them, um, yeah, very people very strongly attached to Java, mm -hmm. to call it that way, because they were very smart programmers. They could yeah. solve everything with Java. And for them, it was really kind of the question of why should I take all the effort in code because I get it done in Java. But yeah. after half a year, they're over to Kotlin and they're all the same. N nobody ever wants to go back to Java. <laughs> really, nobody I've met so far. Yeah, this is even, uh, I did a test for uh, for new assignment, I think uh, two weeks ago, and uh, starting the test, they said, yeah, three assignments are in Kotlin. So <laughs> yeah. I switched my mind, okay, I'm going full Kotlin now. And then the third assignment was in Java. <laughs> but I didn't notice it for, for because I was in this full focus doing this test. Yeah. And I was like, what? Why is data class not compiling? The, the tool is buggy. <laughs> uh, I'm not even questioning myself. I don't know why. Yeah. And then I saw those terminal operators everywhere. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. It's in Java. <laughs> <laughs> and then it took me so much effort to, to tell myself that I need to do get to to get to retrieve a value. I need to to end my my, my code line with a terminal. And it, it took me so much brain power to do yeah. the switch in in, yeah. in an, a test situation yeah yeah it was that's <laughs> really hilarious. confusing and that's also my experience oh, for instance with streams and a lot of data yeah, transformations exactly. in java this stuff is hard and mm -hmm. it's just really only accidental complexity it's yeah. just of no use it's yeah. just complex for nothing yeah. and that's also my experience i find in this regard or in, 
in these these cases, mm -hmm. I find Java even a really complex language in yeah, that sense. Also, exactly. when you do a bit of higher order functions and you have these function interfaces, figure out the right interface, especially yeah. with uh, with the numeric types and the mm -hmm. like. It's just a hell. Make things mm -hmm. very complex. When Kotlin, yeah. you just throw it on the on your IDE and it works. Yeah, man, that sounds funny. I don't yeah. have the same Java background as you did, <laughs> and I, I've started with Kotlin, but that was kind of a, a new project in that way. Uh, so oh, I don't cool. have the same experience, but it's pretty funny to hear that when you do actually go back, it's with some kind of pain. Yes. Uh, yeah. And not just you or you feel it, but a lot of your peers as well. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It feels really funny. awkward. Yeah. To Very old school uh, experience. Yeah. yeah. yeah sounds like yeah. It, like you're taking a step back in that mm -hmm. way as well. Exactly. And yeah. also with the new Java feature, because I closely look at the Java ecosystem, I, I, I haven't just put it aside because I think you need to be aware of it. Maybe yeah. they make a bold move, you never know. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Loom, for instance, that's probably something interesting yeah. and so on. So I keep it closely, uh, I watch it closely, but till now... <laughs> oh, it's yeah. not there yet <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah. yeah that makes sense man I'm thinking about let's say still I'm going to keep the same example because it's the most uh, the most relevant I, one I have but you're in a team and already within a Java project I think something needs to prime you to start trying out Kotlin right and I think it can be within the development team can it also come from kind of an organizational requirement or even kind of question I guess what have you guys seen? Has it always flowed throughout the team and then gone to the organization to kind of convince them this is the way to go? Yeah. Or has it also started by organizations saying, no, 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 we should try Kotlin now, and then it flows to the development teams? I know. I so haven't experienced the second one. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, it was quite interesting. Indeed, the ignition always came from developers, and yeah. I also just looked at the Kotlin side about statistics, and yeah. it's about 70% plus. Uh, comes from developers who want to use Kotlin. So they see these two helps me to write better code and then from bottom up, management facilitates because anyway, I don't understand it and the developer <laughs> says it's okay and then let's do it. That's yeah. often the way it goes. So it's really a bottom up movement, uh, Kotlin in that sense. And I think yeah. that's a good thing because the people who are using it yeah. make the decision to use it. I think yeah. that's that's uh, the right responsibility at the right place. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. That's how it should be within a language that you need, right? It should fit the thing that you're doing. Right. And even moving from Java to Kotlin, it's already kind of covering the base that you're doing it. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a Java project. Uh, and if it's easy to transition to Kotlin with gaining those same benefits that you guys have laid out, mm -hmm. then why not? Right. Start experimenting, start trying out exactly. uh, and gain those benefits and, and, mm -hmm. and benefit from that, basically. Yeah. Uh, but if an organization wants more help, let's say they have multiple teams on Java projects and they're yeah. like, well, we did a proof of concept within a team and we really realize the benefits. Right. Reduction in code. Uh, increases clarity. Also with pull requests, it's just faster because yeah. it's less boilerplate basically. Yeah. And they want their teams to set up Kotlin basically uh, in a more organizational structure. Are there any trainings that they can basically request or, or any places they can go to to get that knowledge up par? Yeah, there are lots of companies. Uh, we both, <laughs> we <laughs> both offer training. <laughs> we both offer training, so I, I, we don't want to do any marketing tricks, I think. Yeah. But, um, no. <laughs> I don't. I started with the Kotlin cones in IntelliJ. Those yeah. are just uh, some small exercises to get the yeah to know the the, the language and its features. Yeah. In the edu educational um, plugin of Jet uh, of IntelliJ, so that that's pretty pretty good. Mm. Um, IntelliJ also tries to gather the training programs that are developed uh, everywhere, so you can also consult their website uh, in that regard. Um, they do a great job. That's yeah, they do yeah. a great job. So yeah. you can just go to to JetBrains on the on the on that part, or just start looking to people that offer the, those trainings. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a small small plug, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's quite funny actually. How long have you guys been uh, been training in Kotlin? Ooh, um, I've been in those workshops since 2018, I think, mm. on conferences. Yeah. 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 Yours? Um, four years by now. Four years yeah, by so now. So more or less also 2017, 18, yeah. I started yeah. with it. Yes. Is there still like a, a language feature that's missing or are things they're still working on uh, or kind of discussing and do we need to introduce this or, or do we leave it as is? It's quite interesting because uh, when you look at all the, the major, yeah, major, actually minor versions of Kotlin, mm -hmm. 1.3, 4, 5, 6, mm -hmm. there have almost no new features been introduced that are really kind of extremely relevant. Yeah. They had some minor additions, like value classes, like uh, uh, you can uh, keep the comma when you have mm -hmm. a multi. It's all kind of very minor things. So my uh, impression is that the first edition of Kotlin, or all the features they introduced there, yeah. they were just they were just right, and they were also some sort of complete. And now they're just at the edges. They 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 scratch and make things uh, <laughs> a bit more more uh, user friendly. They also uh, what I've heard is they will want to introduce things like meta programming. You know, yeah. more kind of compiler APIs. Mm -hmm. uh, these kind of additions, which are not really core to the language, but the language itself, it's kind of it's from the f it was first time right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's true. They just smoothing it up a bit. They removed yeah. the Kotlin null point exception finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you get those old school null point exceptions, stuff yeah. like that. But those are not the big the big changes. Yeah. So I'm really, really curious what will happen if they release once the Kotlin two point oh. Yeah. Because yeah, what will be a major release in Kotlin? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. So from from a developer perspective, I can so I can only see benefits basically, probably because I have you two in front of me, uh, and not a, a just singular Java advocate basically. Uh, but from an organization point of view, I can imagine there's a question like, okay, is has it been battle tested? Right? Is it production ready? Uh, and I think it is. But what would you say to a person that still has kind of doubts in in kind of embracing Kotlin within their organization? Google is using it. Yeah, and most of the time that's the big <laughs> argument that everyone start doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. It's even advising it, right, to use yeah, it. Yeah, it's Google even advising it. It's yeah. a Android official support language. Yeah, uh, as of 2017 already. So I guess if they haven't withdrawn that decision, it's production ready at least for mobile development. Yeah, uh, and then IntelliJ has been built entirely, I think, in Kotlin. Yeah, uh, which is doing pretty well. It, pretty uh, well. I'm, I'm using <laughs> I don't know. it. I, I'm using it. And <laughs> yeah. I won't use, uh, st stop using it. So I guess those are already two successful projects that everyone, or two successful decisions. Yeah, there are so witness, many so. companies that really have built their yeah. whole ecosystem on Kotlin. So uh, also my experience, I started out with 1.3, I guess, 1.2, 1.3. Mm. And uh, that's what you also mentioned. If Kotlin release very frequently, minor compile improvement, I guess, because I never had that, all of a sudden I had the new language or mm. something didn't work anymore. And I never ever had a single problem with Kotlin. Maybe mm. the very first time there was incremental compilation, I got a bit yeah. strange behavior, mm -hmm. but that's not really something of language. It's yeah, a compiler feature you can yeah, exactly. turn off, but that was really the only one for the rest. It just kept on working flawlessly. So in that sense, it, there is beyond doubt for me that Kotlin could be a, a problem for your uh, production uh, system. Really not. It's and, uh, totally... Uh, I think now Spring is supporting stable. it more and more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spring being yeah the major uh, application framework in the industry, yeah, it, it speaks by itself, right? Yeah. It, if it won't be production ready, Spring won't be supporting it anyway. So, um, I think that's a that's uh, a very big. 
That's good so. that you mention it because I think there's another extremely strong reason why Kotlin is so easily adoptable because mm. it actually allows yeah. you to only learn a new language but yeah. keep your existing framework. Exactly. I had this Scala journey and there you have Scala and Akka and this is really a total different stack and extremely complex with extremely complex paradigms like event sourcing, CQRS uh, with these actor models and so on. This is just a tremendous u universe you step into. Whereas yeah. in Kotlin, you keep all your Spring up, because, yeah. you know, all this auto running in Spring, yeah. good luck if yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. learn it from scratch. <laughs> it's quite nice if you can yeah. keep this investment yeah, exactly. and only learn this language. Yeah. So also, uh, this is a very strong reason that you yeah, you can stay within your well-known familiar paradigm yeah. and only you use a language that makes yeah, all the benefits we yeah. talked yeah. about. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And we haven't really talked about coroutines, but I think we also should at least five minutes to talk about it yeah, because yeah. this is mind-blowing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I how, think so, yeah. yeah. How would you explain <laughs> that in a, in a nutshell? What is a coroutine? It's a coroutine? Well, it's almost a thread, but it's not a thread. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lightweight thread, right? It's a lightweight thread. You <laughs> yeah. can like run uh, hundreds of them on one single thread. So that's... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's about 2.4 million per gigabyte, where threads yeah. you can run about 4,000 per gigabyte. So it's Something, really yeah, an order of attitude which is uh, beyond your imagination. Yeah. 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 And it's something that's inherent within the language, right? You can use out of the box. I, mm. the, the main benefit of, of, of Kotlin, if, if I would put it straight, mm. is that uh, you have these reactive toolkits, mm. which all force you to use their abstraction with a lot of flat mapping, mapping. So the abstraction user is extremely complex. It, it's not, don't, don't, doesn't support the normal language construct like try, catch, mm -hmm. and so on. So you have all these kind of operators. And one toolkit is completely from the other toolkit. Yeah. So you get a lot of benef benefit because you don't have this, uh, no, you have this non-blocking IO and a bit of parallelism. That's what you get. But you yeah. pay an enormous price mm -hmm. just of the complexity introduced by such a toolkit. And you also sell your soul to this particular <laughs> toolkit, literally. Because yeah. once you've done it, it's everywhere in your copays. Your whole copays will be polluted with it. Mm. And actually, yeah. coroutine is... Uh, solve this problem on the language level, not on the library level. So yeah. with, with coroutines, you actually write the same method signatures like before, yeah. except that you use this suspend keyword. But for the rest, in terms of signature, there is no additional abstraction involved. But you get all the benefits of non-blocking, of parallelism, and so on. And that they solved it like that, I think, was also... I don't know for sure, but I think Loom was also partially in inspired by these kind of developments. Okay. So, hey, you could solve these things on the language level. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that's my take. Maybe you want to add no, something to it. No, I think I completely agree with that. And what you see is that a lot of Kotlin frameworks are also using those coroutines more and more, yeah. which means that it's finally getting widely adopted. Uh, and and, and that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the main feature where Kotlin can distinguish itself, at yes. least at the back end. Yeah, definitely. Android development apart, if you're looking at the back end, coroutines are uh, a high gain. Yeah, high gain. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. And also in Android, by the way, because yeah. also all these these many tasks you can spin yeah. up in an app, which exactly. you normally would do rather than the backend, I guess. Mm -hmm. Backend is non-blocking is very important, but on the Android, you have a lot of asynchronous tasks simultaneously. Yeah. Also there, it's coroutine shine. Yeah. You guys yeah. have any experience with, uh, with Android development and Kotlin in particular? Not on the enterprise level. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, no. I've yeah. looked at KMM, so that's mm. the, the Kotlin um, multi-platform mobile. Yeah. They are trying to to push. Uh, I've done some experience with it because I th yeah, it, it's production ready officially, but they're really still working hard on it. And yeah. 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 I've seen the benefits of it. Mm. Cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Any any final thoughts, any things that are left uh, on the table, you think? Or did that kind of cover most of it? 
We covered a lot already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, I think not only Kotlin is kicking Java's butt, but the Kotlin ecosystem is also kicking the butt to the Java ecosystem. I mentioned uh, Spring, yeah. Uh, but if you see that there are also an, uh, other application frameworks popping up, I don't know if they will make it through the end, but the concepts that they're introducing um, also have some influence on Spring implementation, I guess. So I really like that the community is finally empowered yeah. to, to see what they want to see in in the coding uh, libraries, frameworks, languages. And that's what Scotland yeah, is introducing as, as well. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably makes it feel awesome to be part of that community as well then. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a big benefit as well. Yeah. Cool. Urs, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think what you see is that uh, probably Kotlin started out more as a language, mm. and now you see that there is really much more around it. So also tooling, especially yeah. because it's a tool maker makes a language. Yeah. It, can, <laughs> it can deliver an awesome tooling experience, yeah. but not only with IntelliJ itself, but also with the multi-mobile uh, Kotlin multi-mobile uh, platform. They allow you to uh, to embrace much more than a language, but also way more uh, things around it that you, you can write applications not only on the back end in Android, but also um, desktop applications yeah. and so on. So Kotlin is redeveloped itself not as a language, but as a as a whole ecosystem mm -hmm. to create all kind of applications, which is actually really possible by by another language in the mm -hmm. sense that they own they don't own such a tool chain as yeah. rich as the one that chaprains offer so in that sense i think the future is quite bright with uh, with kotlin in that yeah. sense and it my impression it it, it just got started yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome cool that's thank you guys so much for coming on i i really love the passion that you guys have <laughs> when kind of explaining these topics i really felt it so uh, thanks cool. for coming on and thank we'll uh, we'll do this again sometime sure cool or some Pauline, everyone Sponsors Zebia, creating digital leaders.